Welcome to the Transformation Goddess Divine Feminine Spotlight. I'm your host, Shan Vanderleek, founder of TransformationGoddess.com and PodcastBath.com. The intention of the Divine Feminine Spotlight is to share transformational stories of women who have learned to walk in beauty with the strength, courage, and pleasure of claiming their feminine sovereignty. I know you will enjoy listening in to one of the most popular interviews I had the pleasure of hosting as part of the Goddess Talk Sessions global event. I invite you to light a candle, kick your feet up, and get ready to be inspired by a woman who walks in beauty. Today, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Crystal Andrus Morissette. Crystal Andrus is a worldwide leader in the field of self-discovery and personal transformation. She has risen to become a three-time best-selling author, coach, international speaker, TV personality, women's ad- advocate, and founder of the SWAT Institute, Simply Woman Accredited Trainer, an international coaching certification school. Crystal's personal story is the perfect backdrop to be a voice for empowerment. She has overcome insurmountable odds to create a life of joy and purpose. Welcome, Crystal. Oh, it's my joy to be here. It's really exciting. Thanks for having me. You are most welcome. Today, before we came together, I said a prayer for us and pulled a goddess card for for you from Doreen Virtue's Goddess Guidance Oracle Cards, and Una came up for you. Easy does it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I bet this might apply because you have, you know, a full life. And I, I would suspect that sometimes that might be a good reminder for you. But I'll let you tell me if it resonates. Oh, it resonates. It resonates. I Yeah, it resonates. And just the rem- even for today, the reminder of, you know, there's no rush. There's no race. It's all going to unfold anyways. And I think that's when you're really in alignment with your purpose, you don't really need to panic or worry or grip or fear or control, or you just need to remember that when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and I don't mean that in a should, but when you're doing what just feels right, there's no rush. It'll all come in divine time. So it's the perfect card. Thank you. And I love the goddess cards. I use them in all my retreats. So I just love them and I know the message and it's all unfolding in divine timing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there, you know, there she is with a beautiful dove with her long blonde hair. I'm like, well, there, oh. there's Crystal. Yeah, there's me. And I, have, <laughs> I, have, I actually have little birds singing canaries at home and a bunny uh. and doggies. And I live out in the country. So yeah, I'm definitely... Una, and I think people actually perceive me as living a life that's far busier than it really is. Yeah. It, it really, I don't live in that. I don't live in a place that I think it appears to people. I think people often say to me, do you ever stop? Do you ever? And I think, I float around my pool right. so many days of the week. <laughs> and, right. And barbecue at home and live such a blissful, joyful life. But yeah, I have put in, I put in long hours. And for years, I don't know if it was the right way or the wrong way, but it was what I did to get to this point. So I think sure. there are times that you got to really dive in and work it, but there's times where, you know, the, the ebb and flow. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not as busy as I, I think people think I am. Oh my gosh. You know, I can completely relate to that because that conversation comes up a lot. You know, Shan, my goodness, when do you ever, and I'm like, wait, no, you, I, uh, I have a lot of spaciousness. As a matter of fact, oh. it's, it's why I'm as happy as I am that I have, I create as much spaciousness in my life as I can. And I had to learn that. Yeah. I had to learn that. I really did. I really, 
um, as my businesses grew and I, you know, especially having for me students, um, women that are going through the coaching program, I felt this real, I, there was a, there was a, there was a point before I had graduates, before I had women actually completing and telling me how incredible it was and wonderful it was. And, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And all, but there was a point in there that I, I fell into, I have to make this so unbelievable. Of course. On a hundred percent of the time, 24 seven, so nobody <laughs> ever gets upset. And then all of a sudden I realized I am completely not walking my talk and I'm becoming almost resentful at the women who I'm coaching to be empowered. So it was nothing to do with them. It was all about me and how I was showing up. So I think we have these imbalances sometimes. We do. We do. Get back. Get back. Well, well back, back a little, yeah. Exactly, and I, I, I can totally relate to that from my, my prior career in, in television advertising. It was all I knew is that corporate world, go, 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 bottom line, generate yep. revenue, and yep. and I loved it. I mean, I loved it. Don't get me wrong, I did. But yep. when, but when that lesson came, that oh, okay, we have just a little bit too much of this divine masculine coursing through our bodies. We need. We need to, yes, we need to balance this that out. Is what it is. Yeah. You nailed it. And I call it my my term in the way I teach women is that we have mother energy, which is the parent archetype within us. Mm-hmm. We have daughter energy, which is the child archetype within us. And they battle. They battle back and forth. And that's really what healing the split is when a lot of, you know, Debbie Ford, my dear friend and my mm. mentor, rest in peace, she, you know, she talked a lot about healing the split. And it wasn't until I started working on my, this latest book that's coming out in December of 2015 that I really realized that there's sort of like this thing that rages back and forth. But, you know, at the top of that sort of triangle is what I call our woman energy. And we really do have to stop sort of this pendulum swinging back and forth between you know, the daughter within us that demands and needs and feels afraid and she's not going to get her needs met. And then it swings over into almost masculine mother energy that's giving and doing and trying and giving and doing and trying. And then we get fed up and then we swing back over and then we become angry little girls that are mad. That So it was like reeling that up. It's almost mm-hmm. like a fishing line, reeling it up. So the swings become less and less and less and, less and we expand and sort of transcend into this part of us that's a woman. That is the balance within us. That's sort of that, that, there's a there's a masculinity to mother energy. There really is, and there's such a femininity and and coy cuteness to daughter energy. But but to really embody and be the fully embodied self, I think we have to be the noblest parts of our selfishness, which is that daughter energy, and the noblest parts of that selflessness to really be the self. And to me, that's that's where I'm finally at now. And I can feel myself when I'm swinging and giving too much, or I'm feeling sorry for myself, and I I really just dialogue with those parts of myself. Okay, what do we need to get back into balance here and to rise up, not above people, but into a higher place within myself? And that dovetails nicely into into the question that that I'm asking uh, all of the, the women who have said yes to the Goddess Talk sessions is, what comes up for you? How do you feel when you hear the phrase, walk in beauty? Oh, what a great question. What do I feel when I hear the phrase walk in beauty? I really think walk in yourself, walk in who you truly are, because, you know, at the core, we are, we are beauty. We are, we were made in beauty and we are beauty. And I think we forget our own beauty and beauty comes in so many different sizes and shapes and colors, and it's all magnificent. And so walk in beauty to me is walk authentically in who you really are. And I don't think a lot of us 
you know, remember, we, we, were, we knew who we were when we were first little girls before the world told us what was beautiful, who to be, what to act like. We thought we were lovable. We knew we were glorious and golden. Why wouldn't the world love us? And then things happen, and we start to cover up our beauty. And it's, it reminds me of that, that really wonderful story, and I, I'll try to really do it in two minutes here, but it almost became the basis for my work when I remember hearing the story of this um, huge five-ton clay Buddha in Thailand, and it had been sitting in a deserted temple for hundreds and hundreds of years, and finally they decided, you know, we got to move this, this big, heavy clay Buddha to um, a, a, a new temple, a bigger temple. And in the midst of moving it, they had these huge straps underneath it, and one of the straps broke, and it fell to the ground. And they were all horrified because it cracked. And then suddenly, you know, one of the monks realized... Um, there's something glistening under there. And he ran and got a chisel, something that would take a lot of courage, and began to chip away at this, you know, thousands-of-year-old statue. And they realized that under it was solid gold. And the story goes, and this is a true story, 1957 this happened. And the story goes that hundreds and hundreds of years ago, when the Burmese army was coming into Thailand at the time, the monks knew this golden, solid golden statue, five tons of solid gold, would surely be stolen. It was too valuable. So they devised this ingenious plan covered in clay so it won't be deemed valuable and it won't be stolen. The trouble was the army murdered every single monk so the story could never be passed on. And it reminds me of a lot of us women. We were golden and we knew it and we were beautiful, but maybe the world around us and we thought it was going to be stolen. So when I hear women say, I feel like I lost myself, I think, no, you can never lose yourself. No one can ever steal you. But you really may have buried yourself in protective mechanisms that get in the way of our beauty. And our job as women is to chip away those protective mechanisms that have sort of bandaged all those wounds and stories along the way so that we can really shine bright again like we did with that sort of childlike joy and innocence and creativity. And that to me is beauty. So when you walk in beauty, you walk in your greatest self. Mm, I love it. And I love that story. I learned of that Buddha story uh, many years ago, and I thought, what a profound teaching, and that you just brought it up again. I haven't thought about that in years. Yeah, I love yeah. that story. When it's I, so great. First, yeah, and it's so, it just becomes a metaphor. You can almost imagine it that, you know, we all put on different ways that we protect. And um, in the work I do, I use archetypes. And so we you might be a martyr mother, or we might, that's a very protective mechanism that we don't realize we're really showing up that way because somewhere along the way we thought we'd be safe enough if we overdid and overgave and over, and we don't realize now that that's become a persona, right. but it's not who we really are. Right. So we got to chip away at those personas, the chubby bubby, the martyr mother, the drama queen. The, there's all these different archetypes that we, they're not who we really are. But sometimes we've forgotten who we are. Yeah, we, we get, we in, do. Yeah, yeah. We, we totally are, get lost in the roles that we play too. And, and sometimes we show up in different ways in different relationships. And at, at some level we say, but who am I really? My great quest is I, I need to show up as me at all times, whether I'm at the PTA meeting, whether I'm at church, whether I'm out with girlfriends on a Friday night, whether I'm, I want to just be me. Right. And I am now. I really show up now. This is just me. Yeah. <clears throat> Too much of my life was spent, okay, when I'm at church, I'm going to dress this way, look this way, act this way. And then when I'm out with girlfriends, when, well, well, the mouth cats away, the mice will play. And then I can have, you know, and it was just inauthentic. And I, I didn't want to live that way. So I, I really 
really kind of dove into myself to figure out who am I and what are the roles I play. Mm. And the more that I could just kind of heal those stories that, 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 that really encouraged me to create these personas or these masks, when I could really realize, oh, that happened at that, that indelible mark happened in my life, and then I took on a new role. And then right. that happened, and I took on a new role. So I really had to go back and almost recontextualize those stories so that they, I could really get back my, my innocence, my trust, my belief in the world. I had to look at my life through different lenses rather than being a victim. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, to really be able to look at those things and realize that they all are a part of what made me me, and I like me. <laughs> I like me now. <laughs> oh, that's so wonderful. And, and, and that really uh, dovetails again nicely with what I wanted to ask you about next is give us some information about how you've really learned to stand in your power and claim your feminine sovereignty. Oh, gosh, that would be a journey that started probably when I was five. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's for me, it's been, I've been, um, I've been a seeker of, I've, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little nerd. Like I was a little nerd. I've been a seeker of truth and I loved, I love, I've just always been, and even through my darkest times and, you know, I was homeless for three years as a teenager. I moved out at 15. I've had cervical cancer at 17. I had my head smashed at 21 and I, I, you know, I, my whole side of my face, I lost nerve damage and my cheekbone was broken and fractured my skull and I mean I had a lot of things I was left with abnormal activity on my left temporal lobe that caused me seizures and I've had a lot of those sort of setbacks so I I really know that each one of those things along the way were part of this journey but my my great thing was that I had to understand relationships and communication and how could I be in this family in my personal my family growing up how could we all be so fabulous individually and suck so badly together as a family. How come we couldn't get together at get-togethers and just be nice and kind to each other? And yet other people would tell me, oh, your brother's so amazing, or your mother, I love your mother. And I think, we're brutal to each other when we get together. How can we be so loving in our lives and so crappy together? So for me, that became the quest of trying to figure out, you know, how we all, and that's really when I created Emotional Age. And when I found out no one had ever done a written on emotional age or created a concept that became for me so in my healing myself and and this great need to heal myself um i everything i learned i'd instantly teach everything i'd learned i'd instantly mm. teach and i mm-hmm. mean i learned it yesterday right, I, I hear you i don't mean <laughs> i learned 18 years ago when i'm finally ready to teach it it's like right. i learned something i gotta teach it right so every time i teach it then i get this feedback and then i hear women go oh my gosh and then i go yes Okay, I got to go deeper into this. So it really became this win-win, like I'm healing me and I'm helping you do your thing. Oh my gosh, this is beautiful. And then I'm getting paid to do it. Holy moly, what's going on here? I'm healing myself and getting paid. I'm getting paid to heal myself. This is wacko. So that became the great joy of, wow, the deeper I go into myself, in my honesty, in, in my deep honesty of sharing my trials and tribulations, it really... It, that's how I've healed is there's, you know, I've only got, a, I got a therapist for the first time this summer and you know why I got him because my life is good and I'm finally ready to just talk. <laughs> like I've never had therapy. I've never had a coach. It was so self-reflective. Mm. My healing process has been so self-reflective and journaling. 
I journal, journal, journal. And I journal like I'm bipolar or I journal like I'm a multiple personality. Me I don't too. know what you call it. Yeah, me but too. But I journal like, yeah, like this is the real me. And I'm asking you, honey, what do you really think you need to do with this? And then my wounded me writes, I don't know what I need to do, but I'm so furious that I just want to go out and get drunk. And then the real me says, honey, what would that really do for your life? Is that <laughs> How would you feel tomorrow? And then the real me might go, yeah, I mean the wounded me. So I journal it out. Yeah. And I make sense of things myself. And then yeah. I go, wow, look at that profound process. I need to share that now. <laughs> I need to tell all my girlfriends that they need to be multiple personalities in their journals. And man, it's really healing. <laughs> it really you know? is. It really it is. is. And, and it's, so, it's such an authentic way to get whatever is flying around in your head on the page and, and to really get... To, to a better understanding of what's going on and, and to be yeah. able to solve your own problems. I love that you shared that. Thank I've, you. I've yeah. often told my husband, I'm like, you know, if, if I go before you and, and uh, you find Burn any journals, journal. you might not know, you, you might not understand, you might not even know who that woman was. <laughs> I know, my husband the same thing. My husband goes, he thinks they're like sacred ground. Like he thinks I'm so brilliant. He's like, I will always take good care of your journals and I will make sure if anything happens. I go, honey. Burn I go, you better burn those damn things because <laughs> I will die if anyone reads what goes on in my head. Yeah. No one needs to know that. Please don't read my journals. In fact, I get to the point where every couple of years I have a journal burning session. Yeah, me too. And I burn and I burn and I purge and I, I don't do it in a way with shame. It's like with freedom. It's like, wow, I read back to them and go, look where I was. Oh, wow. yeah. Well, then you can bless it. You just bless it and bless burn it. and let it go. Yeah. Because I do think I don't want my kids. I don't want... And you know what I look back and I realize, Shan, is way too much of my life, those journals were about the man in my life, Um. the man in my life, the man in my life. Like there wasn't, there was just too much journaling about trying to find, just trying to have the perfect relationship, trying to make us so amazing, trying to, and I just don't want to, I just want to focus now on you know, where I need to go and what I need to do and how I need to show up in the world and what gives me joy and happiness. And I just don't want to be, so I don't want my daughters for now that they're, you know, my daughters are, you know, 20 and turning 19 in a month. And I don't, if one day I wouldn't want them to look back and go, is that what my mom wrote about and worried about? I thought she was so brilliant and enlightened, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like, really? (laughs) Uh, I'm this upset about men all the time. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my gosh! We I need to burn it. those things. I love yeah. it so much. So let's let's talk about some of your very sacred feminine practices that you might like to share with our listeners because they they love to hear about how we take care of ourselves and and the my things life, that are. I, 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 I hope that this I'm able to maintain this. But my life is a sacred practice, and I mm. don't say that to sound fabulous. It's my life is a sacred practice. You know, from the time I get up in the morning, I wake when my body's ready to rise. I, um, if I want a pot, if I want a pot or I want nothing of organic kicking horse coffee, I wake and I rise and I sit outside and the birds are chirping and I you know, open up email, I put on beautiful music, I sip on my coffee, I, you know, I might make a fabulous breakfast, I might just have a protein shake. I go at the pace that feels right for me. There's always music playing. I always have incense burning. Before I write, I literally, I, I do have this. You know, people often say to me, you know, when I tell them, you know what, I don't even have a cleaning lady anymore because 
I just feel like cleanliness is next to godliness. I take time. I make sure that my space is cleaned. I feel good about doing that. I, I have a beautiful bath every day. I turned my bedroom. I literally knocked out walls and extended. I made a bedroom bathroom that's like a love haven that any woman would walk in there and go, what? <laughs> this is where you get ready every day. Like I've created, I'm surrounded by beauty. I live on, out in the country. I have rose bushes and I, ha- I just have tons of flowers and I go, I cut my flowers and I put them in vases around the house and I get into work and I work and I love and I laugh and I do my things. And then I might go off and meet a girlfriend for lunch and have a glass of wine. And I, you know, go for long walks with my dogs through the marshes and all. I, my life is a sacred practice. And my work is just so part of, I work every day. I don't think there's a day unless I'm on holidays and I, I, I'm not, I'm, there's no Wi-Fi. And yet I don't feel like I'm working because... I get to go in between diving in the pool in the morning and laying in the sun for an hour to, to maybe doing an interview with you. Then I'm going to leave and I'm going to go and I'm in a golf tournament and I have only golf maybe 10 times in my life, but we're going to go and we're going to have a great time with some girlfriends and we're going to go golfing and then I might come back tonight and teach a course and then it's just a beautiful flow and it has not always been this way, but it's a beautiful flow. I make sure I put coconut oil on my skin every day so it's not just feels good. It feels like that stuff is absorbed into my body. I feel like my skin glistens. I, I like to put on fake eyelashes. I like, to, I like to feel beautiful and feminine. My husband will sometimes come in and go, what are you getting ready for? For myself. That's what I tell him. That was ago. He goes, well, what are you getting for? Where are you going? I said, I, for myself. I just got ready for myself. It feels, mm. it feels wonderful. You know, you know, and it's I, wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful that you share this because, be, and that you said that it hasn't always been this way, because you just continue to create and evolve yes. and become and practice the sacred living, and yes. honoring your honoring your natural rhythms is a big part of that, of course. And I love you know I'm listening to you. I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, yes, I was cutting flowers this morning. Yes, I use coconut oil almost every day. Yeah, yes. you know, like these yes. are these little wonderful things, and then they add it's so up. Small. Yeah, I buy everything organic, and people will say, "So you don't have a cleaning lady, you don't have a chef, you don't." I don't mean that to sound, but you know, a lot of my girlfriends mm-hmm. at this level we're at, they have a chef and they have this, and they, I go, "I have so much joy. What is the rush? I have so much joy, cutting food and putting it together, and have the music playing, and I set a beautiful table every day." Mm-hmm. And one of the things as a family that I will tell any mother, I'll tell you if you if you do a small kid still, one I I now looking back and my kids are still, but one of the things that I have maintained, no matter if I've been traveling for work and I get home, I make sure that we have family at dinner together as a family as absolutely possible as possible. Yeah, me too. Sometimes it's seven days a week. Sometimes the kids are working now. They're getting, because, you know, that's how you stay checked in with your children. No doubt. Make sure that dinner is beautiful. And I always like, I put charger plates and we set the table really nice and I like candles and it's, it's a time to look in their eyes and hear about their day. And you always know if they're depressed, you know, if they're off, you know, if they're happy, but it's not, um, it's a really gentle way of just always listening and being available and feeding them good food and everything is organic. And they, you know, a lot of years they would fight and go, you know, all my friends at school get to have those things. And, (laughs) you know, they get to have good food. Why do we have to have that? And I say, well, you know, and now that they're women with these spectacular bodies Mm -hmm. and glowing skin 
and stunning hair. I say, you can thank me for that, girl, <laughs> because <laughs> it's the way I fed you. It's the way I raised you. It's the way I nourished you. It's the way I loved you. And now go shine in the world. Right. And it's funny because I see now the choices they make for food. For they, My daughter, they're down there exercising together right now. So it's, it's, we, we have to teach this to our, our children and by embodying it and living it. And that's the greatest way. It's not the big things that I think people think that make us happy. And I really get it. You know that movie, what, As Good As It Gets or whatever, the name of that movie with Jack Nicholson? Yeah, yeah. And I, Helen, whatever it was, it wasn't, that I, it wasn't about the movie. It was this realization that this is it. If you can't be happy today, you're not going to ever get happy. Right. Because happiness doesn't come at the end of an unhappy life. Happiness doesn't come at the end of an unhappy week. Happiness comes because I'm going to choose now right. that whatever it is, I'm even going to thank it. I'm going to thank my crap. I'm going to thank my bullshit. I'm going to thank my drama dysfunction. And I'm going to just accept it so that I can get happy. It is what it is. <laughs> this is what it is. So I'm going to right get on. happy now. Right on. Even in it. Even in it. Yeah, yeah. How do I get happy? I'm going to choose to see this through different lenses. And as I change the way I perceive these things around me, and I start finding joy in cooking, and joy in cleaning, and joy in, oh, my God, my kids are driving me crazy. Thank you so much for driving me crazy. You keep me humble. That's what, you know. So when we can find the joy in the mundane, we live joyously. Right. And more and more great things keep coming because you live in this state of joy. I couldn't get it years ago when people would say this to me. I'd want to almost tell them to shut up. But <laughs> because I didn't get I have bills and I'm a single mother and I'm trying to pay and I can't pay the thing. You want me to be joyous? You have to be. That becomes your go-to place. I have to really create in me a place where I can honor any of the emotions that are coming up, but they're not. I don't have to become, I don't, I can feel a feeling without becoming emotional. I can feel feelings. That doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel empowering. That doesn't, but I don't have to give my power away to that. You know, that's, yeah, those that, feels, they don't feel good, but you no. know, I don't have to become emotional about it. Well, and you say women energy or woman energy is so connected to herself. She doesn't judge her feelings as negative or positive. She doesn't fear them. She simply learns from every experience. Yes. Talk yes. more about that. Well, I think that a lot of we don't realize, you know, we're always taught, like, you've got to tell the truth. Well, the truth is you're not really telling the truth most of the time. You're telling a wounded victim version of the truth. So it's not the truth. So what we do, what I really try to teach women is you have to honor your feelings. A feeling is different than emotions. A feeling is a gut feeling. It's not good or bad. It's not right or wrong. It's just a feeling. It's either going to lead you to a feeling of that's going to feel good for you or it's going to, if you don't trust that, you're going to ignore that feeling. You're going to be led to a not-so-good choice. You're going to make a not-so-good choice because you're not trusting yourself. So the feeling is, is, <clears throat> is just an incredible inner guide, a signpost that comes along there all the time. I completely trust my feelings. But emotions are different because emotions now have the component of the story we tell ourselves about that feeling. Oh, now I have to become emotional about it. Now I'm going to give my power away. Now I'm going to start getting sad. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to get, and now I'm dropping. I'm dropping in who I am as a woman. I'm not up there in the highest, greatest expression of myself. I've given away my power and become emotional when it didn't need to be. Why don't you see it as a red light, yellow light, green light inside your body? Green light, go. I feel great with this person. I want to spend more time with him. You know what? This time has come to an end. I feel like it's time for me to leave this party. Okay, trust that feeling. 
but you don't have to explain yourself and feel guilty and stay longer. And does this make sense? Shannon? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely yeah, does. Enough. Women just trust your feelings. Don't give your power away to it. Right. If someone is talking to you rudely, what would that feel? What would the feeling be? Oh, this is a red light. <laughs> right. Please stop. Yeah. There's a red light. I don't need to actually engage and become emotional. And why are you treating me that way? Because now I have a story around it. And now I'm, and emotions create chemical reactions within the body. And chemicals are highly addictive. So right now inside our brain, we have 50 active ingredients, 50 active ingredients that are more powerful than morphine. We become addicted to adrenaline. We become addicted to fighting. We become addicted. And the same, we will become addicted to love if that becomes our new norm. But for a lot of women, they've been so in an emotional place of such drama, dysfunction, anger. It's, so when life starts getting nice, they need a hit again. They need a hit of the drug inside their body. Right. So you actually have to withdraw from stress. Detox. You have to detox from drama. And you have to start saying to yourself, I can't keep giving my power away like this. So I have a feeling that this isn't a good place for me right now. And if that person may be amazing for me in a month from now, but they're right. not right now. Right. So I just need to trust that feeling. And mm. that's how you stay in woman energy. Mm, that's great. That's how you just stay as the greatest. Ex- I'm, I'm feeling good about who I am. And when I have things that come along, if a song comes on the radio and I don't like it, do I have to listen to it and become emotional about that song? Absolutely not. <laughs> Right, we can turn the channel. Right. You know, and that reminds me of how many times women really think that they have, that they, when they say no, that there needs to be a long explanation for their no. And something that, something that I've been practicing is just, you know, no, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. No, thank you. I don't, I don't need to give you any reason why. And you don't have to feel bad. And you know what? No. And never lie. You never, ever have to lie. Exactly. With love is so beautiful. Truth without love is harsh and mean. But lying is worse. So to me, I just say, oh, you know, even things that don't sound like I, you know, I get invites all the time. I go, oh, you know, thank you so much for thinking of me. It sounds, you're going to have a great time. My schedule is just too full right now. You know, maybe down the road. Right. How do, why, why would anybody even be mad at me? Exactly. They're not. It's just the truth. But women think, and they make up lies, and they go, I know. Tell these stories, and I want to, why would you do that to your own integrity, <laughs> your own dignity? No doubt. You don't need to do that. You just need to be a woman and know that you have the right to say yes or no. But, you know, we do live in a world, and we've been groomed to be lovely. Yes, we you know, have. Lovely. Be a lovely little lady. <laughs> Even do it when you don't want to do it, because it's more important for you to know your place. And be, uh... I'll no, show you my I'm, place. Yeah. I'll show you my place, <laughs> <laughs> show you my place all right? <laughs> let's, 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 talk about, yeah. uh, let's talk about your free gift. You have a very generous 21-day Create and Sustain Success course, and I'd love for you to tell us more about that. Well, my third book I did with Hay House Publishing was called Simply dot, 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 Empowered. My first book was Simply Woman, and then I did a gorgeous book uh, called Transcendent Beauty that is gorgeous. I it was just gorgeous, beauty from the inside out. And then my third book was Simply Empowered. And I used the two acronyms to how to create success. And remember, success is whatever it means to you, peace of mind, joy. It might mean abundance, whatever it means. It might mean all those things. So how do we create success? So I, I created an acronym you know, for create, C, clean it up, R, reinvent, E, execute a plan. I did that. And then I did how to sustain it because we, I think a lot of us have learned 
how to create success at times in our life, the, the big struggle I see is sustaining it. And I assure you and anyone that's listening, I had this mentality. My father was a, would be a millionaire and then be bankrupt, and then a millionaire and be bankrupt. And so I had this taste of money, and then, oh, my God, it would fall again. And my mother was a stay-at-home mom until they divorced, and she went wacko, and he couldn't not live without her. And they both just completely sabotaged their lives. But I got to witness how not to be. I right. witness things. So how to sustain it now? So I created an acronym for sustain as well. And then when I finished that book, it was really well received. And I thought, I'm going to put a course together around this. So I did 21 days of um, audio. So every day, it's about 20 to 30 minutes a day, you get an email from me. And you can listen, you can download them when you're in the car. And every day it's sort of a process getting you to really understand because there is a formula. And I, I, as I was saying, Shan, before, I, I could just talk forever. <laughs> I, I, always thought, I always thought what goes up must come down until right. I read A Brief History in Time, Stephen Hawking. Mm. And it was so mind-boggling brilliant to me that I realized we live in an ever-expanding universe. And if a rocket has enough fuel and power it will take off from the surface of the earth and it will just keep going forever. And I started to think about my fuel, my passion, when I really want something so badly I can taste it. That's insane rocket fuel. And so I really learned that, oh no, it doesn't have to go up and come down. If you do what you really are passionate about, what you really love, like don't follow things unless you really love them. I hear people talk about marriages that fall apart and I go, yeah, but you didn't even really love them on your wedding day. What did you mm. think was going to happen? You have to know this. Oh, my gosh, this is the one. Like, I feel it in my gut. You're not going to fail. You're going to have highs and lows, but you will not fail. And I think about my career, my passions, the things I love. No, they're not ever going to fall. So in my mind, I'm never falling back to earth. I'm always mm. expanding. I'm always growing. And so that, that, that uh, 21-day course is a really great formula to show you that what goes up doesn't have to come down. This is how you sustain it. So it's my gift to your listeners um, and to just come into my universe, my world, so that we, you know, we can get to know each other and see if there's more that we are going to do together. And if not, it's just my, my, my gift because I, I love giving. I get so much in return. Holy right moly. You know, don't you? I, Jim, <laughs> I have so many women that love me that I think they pray for me. They love me. They honor me. I'm overflowing with love and joy now. So the more I give, it seems like the more I get. So yeah. it's a real win-win. Thanks so much for being here with me today. I really enjoyed our time together. Thank you. And thank you for the work you're doing in the world. You are such a goddess and such a light worker. And I'm honored to be part of this summit and to, to be in your presence. You're invited to join me and 16 of the world's female visionaries, teachers, healers, and artists for the third annual Goddess Talk Sessions global event. These women are stepping into circle with me to dive deep into their personal experiences of how they learn to reclaim their voice and speak their truth. Join us for this deeply profound gathering and receive divine feminine wisdom and valuable love offerings. Step into the circle at goddesstalksessions.com.